What's up? You are now listening to Americanized, a storytelling podcast where you'll hear from eclectic first and second generation Americans share their stories and real life experiences as children of immigrants. I'm your host, Rosalind. Thank you so much for tuning in. In this episode, I share with you a quick update as well as a moment of feeling connected to the story that I read from an anthology. I love anthologies, and I'll tell you why in a little bit. Before we get into those, I did want to share the results from the poll that I posted on Instagram where I asked, have you visited your family's homeland? It was close to being an even split, but the results said 60% have and 40% have not. And so I was curious to know, where do your roots come from? Where is your family's homeland? And here are the responses that I received. Two from Haiti, two from Nigeria, one from the Dominican Republic, one from Guinea, and one from Trinidad. So I just love to see the diversity in this, and it was just cool to see, like, on the map where your roots are, where your family's from. And I just, like I've said before, I love that question. Where where are you from? Where's your family from? And there's, like, so many layers to that, and with all the black countries represented. There's so many, so much diversity within that. And your experiences being a first-generation American or being a child of an immigrant, living in America with these roots, there's so much to it. There's so many layers, so many layers or onions, and I love that. So thank you so much for everyone who participated in that poll and who answered the question. If you don't follow Americanize on Instagram, be sure to do so. The link will be in the episode notes. Okay, so time for the update. As some of you may know or have picked up on, excitingly, for the month of August, my husband Parker, my sister Nikki, and I will be visiting our family in Cote d'Ivoire. So this is a big trip, and we don't get to go back home as often. But interestingly enough, this will be Parker's second time visiting within the span of three years, so that's really cool. And for me and Nikki, this will be our third time visiting. Our first time was in 2014, I believe, and then we went back in 2021 for my older sister's wedding. Parker was on that trip. And so we're just going to go back, pick up where we left off, remember some old memories and create new ones, and just be surrounded by joy and love of the family and the country and the culture. So that's what August will look like for us and for Americanized, it will be on a hiatus due to this vacation. I hope to return with some new episodes in the fall. So I've been reading this anthology called Black Joy, edited by Charlie Brinkhurst Cuff and Timmy Sortier. Black Joy is a collection of stories written by a diverse group of black people in Britain who share how they define and find black joy. I came across this book in a bookstore in Old Montreal. Parker and I were there for a weekend in February during Black History Month, and it just fit so perfectly. So we walk into the store and they have all kinds of books. It's amazing. It's a bookstore, so I just, I like the aesthetic of bookstores. They had this table with all these books spread out on display for Black History Month which I 
was a little surprised by because I didn't know they acknowledged Black History Month up there, but they did. They had all these books from Black authors, and this book was one of them, and I was attracted to the cover. I know they say don't judge a book by its cover, but the cover intrigued me, and I know Black Joy became such a buzzword, but the way this book really holds on to that and, like, lives by it makes you want to discover your own black joy. So I was flipping through it and I saw that it was an anthology and I said, man, I need to get my hands on this book. I need to get it. But I wasn't going to get it that day because, you know, when you get a book and you look on the back and you have the US price and then you see the Canadian price and the Canadian price is usually more expensive for whatever reason. So I said, I'm not going to get this book today as much as I would love to. So I took a picture of it, searched it online, found it for much cheaper on the World of Books website, and I ordered it for like, I got it for like half off. The price was reduced by like 50%. That was good. So that was like one of my more favorite buys this year. So I've been reading this book on and off. Can't dedicate myself to a full novel. The book will never get finished because I... I like to read in small chunks, and that's why I love anthologies. I can read these stories that make up this big book with an overarching theme, this one being Black Joy, so that's why I love anthologies. It's good stories in small chunks, and you just get through them faster. You can read wherever you like, hop around, and there's so much variety in it, and I just love that, and the different styles of writing, different perspectives as well. All those reasons why I love anthologies, mostly because I can't commit to a full novel, it won't get finished. So, the story that I want to talk about today comes from Diane Abbott, and her story is called Homecoming, The Intimacy of Meeting My Jamaican Family. And I thought, what a perfect time to read this book, as I will also be going back home, not for the first time, not to meet family, but visiting, even though those pieces were different, there were still parallels in her story and in my experiences. Even like thinking back to when I first visited Ivory Coast and did meet my family, I think we have a similar experience in that way. So she starts off her story with how excited her family back home is to meet her because they've heard all about her, because her mother has told them all about her and all her achievements. So they're like really happy and excited to welcome her and to be with her. And in the end of her story, she just comes to love Jamaica and her family and feeling that she belongs there even more so than she does in Britain. And I, I thought that was really intriguing because that word belong and when you connect that word to a, a country or an environment or a space a place I would I, I tried comparing her sense of belonging to do I feel like I belong in Cote d'Ivoire and I feel like my answer is no not a hundred percent not something that I can say confidently and these thoughts came up as I read her quote from the story there are a few quotes from the story that I want to share that really resonated with me. This one, to start, reads, Not everyone finds the same sense of belonging as I did in Jamaica, but the emotions it raises for you as a black person 
likely entering a predominantly black country for the first time, will be profound. And that is something that I definitely resonate with and something that I can look back on my first time when I visited Cote d'Ivoire and I was like, wow, 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 it is all black, all black people here, it's all homogenous. So in that sense, you definitely belong with the people that look like you, and I think that's what she's saying here is, even if you don't feel like you belong for other reasons, you definitely can feel like you belong because you, you are in a country of people that look like you, and that's enough for you to feel like you belong. And I can, I can definitely relate to that. That's where there's a comfort in that. And that comfort isn't something that is found throughout the United States. There may be pockets of black communities, but it's not like throughout the whole country like you would in Jamaica or West African countries or, you know, African countries and some islands. So that was also something that I found to be profound when I first visited my homeland and when I went there again and I just felt more comfortable. I just loved it so much just being amongst people that look like you, black people. And with black, there are layers to that. And those are some reasons why I may feel like I don't belong. Like, yes, we're all black on the surface. A layer below that. Are you visiting? Are you a native? And there's such a distinction that I can't pinpoint. And I've asked my cousins what makes a, a visitor like myself different than a native. And I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but there is a difference there. And then you get into the language piece, and can you communicate with the community and your family and the, the people of this country? And if not, then you don't really feel like you belong there either. So due to those layers, I can't fully 100% say that I, like Diane Abbott, felt that she belonged in Jamaica, but due to like language barriers, lifestyle differences and abstract differences that aren't concrete or that are not given words can make you feel like you don't belong in your homeland. Another quote that explains her sense of belonging that kind of made me feel like I can understand belonging to Ivory Coast was this. The main thing that has always made visiting Jamaica so joyful for me and cemented the feeling of belonging is the personal affirmation of basking and unconditional love from family and friends, which works as a healing balm when, as a black woman in Britain, you experience so many racial macro and microaggressions from white society. Whew. Girl, yes. Because back to the all-black country, all-black society, without the white influence, and you're surrounded by unconditional love and joy, you don't feel all that heavy, that heavy cloud of racial macro and microaggressions coming from a white society. I will say this though, after speaking with Desiree and discovering more about the political nature of Ivory Coast, there is a cloud that weighs over the country, but it's like way far up in the sky, coming from who they pay taxes to, why their currency isn't their own, why their language isn't their own. And that brings me to Molly, who 
got rid of French as their official language, so that cloud is that part of the cloud is gone there. Even thinking of America and the white society there, and the aggressions there, macro and micro. And then you think about, let me go to Ivory Coast where everyone is black, and you don't really, you don't really receive those racial macro and microaggressions. You don't feel black. You don't realize you're black because the white society isn't there to tell you or to show you that you are black, that you are different from them, and that there are macro and microaggressions to be felt from them. So, I mean, what better place to belong if you're not gonna, you know, receive the negativity? Of course you belong in a place as joyful and loving as your homeland if that's how you feel when you're there as Diane feels about Jamaica and as I'm learning and growing to realize to feel about Ivory Coast when I dig a little deeper. The love is unconditional from family there. It's really wholesome and they just welcome you with arms wide open. So much joy, so much to be embraced and it's it's wild. It's a really unconditional love and that part I agree with. And it works as a healing balm. And the last quote that I want to share that I really, really, really related to, and this actually reading this made me smile because I was like, what? This is so true. And wow, this is so true. Like, I'm so glad it's written. I underlined it. And so Diane Abbott shares, and I quote, Jamaican passengers habitually clap when their plane touches down on the island. When I first heard them do this, I thought it was a tribute to the skills of the pilot. But after my first few flights, I realized that they were expressing their intense relief and delight at being away from the endless racial microaggressions that characterize the black experience in Britain. When I read that, I was like, wow, that was heavy, and that speaks volumes, because when we've touched down in Ivory Coast, coming from America or France even, they do clap on the plane, and I love it, and it's like so joyful, again, joy, and they're so happy, and they're like, finally, we made it, they're clapping, and I also thought at first, like Diane Abbott here, that they landed safely, you know, God is with them, the pilot did his thing, and they're safe, and they landed. But no, when you read this uh, this quote here, and it's more about their feeling of relief, like, you know, and I, I kind of also felt that way, especially when it's a plane full of African people, full of Africans, and they're coming home, and they're clapping because they're home, they landed home safely, and they're so happy, and relieved and delighted that they're away from the endless racial microaggressions that they experience whether in Europe, US, wherever the white people are. So that's wild that the book mentioned that and it's a thing and it's true and I've experienced it and I also clapped and so I just felt like oh my gosh there's more to it because like I don't know about you but 
whenever I've landed back anywhere in the US. There's no clapping, right? There is no clapping. <laughs> None at all. Super silent. Everyone just ready to get off the plane and to get on with their business. Like people always stand up before like the doors open. So this is another piece that I'm looking forward to when I fly and touch down in Ivory Coast. I'm gonna clap loudly and because you're in this black country there is a sigh of relief there is a relief there is a lack of tension and so that's what i will be experiencing this month or hope to experience i just thought that was such a beautiful and relatable story and i read it at the perfect time so when we touch down in ivory coast i'm gonna clap i'm gonna remember this story and we're just gonna live out the contrast and really, you know, what did she say? Bask in the unconditional love. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to catch you in the next episode. All original music produced by Stubborn Soul. You can find him on all music listening platforms at S-T-B-R-N-S-A-L.